0: ...likes to go away on mental breaks. I'll just leave it as that. 212-209-2950 or go to give to WBAI.org online. I'm not going to say any more because I might just got myself into trouble. It's 7 p.m. Stay tuned for Off the Hook, and this is WBAI New York.
1: Circuits At the location you are calling, are busy now. 78 P.
2: If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, stay on the line, and a hacker will assist you shortly. The
1: telephone keeps ringing, so I ripped it off. say
0: Right, the program is Off the Hook. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Wednesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Yo. And over in Skype land, looks like we have Rob T. Firefly. Good evening. Uh, Gila.
3: Good
4: evening.
0: And Alex.
5: Hello, good evening.
0: It's always something strange with you, Alex. Where are you this week?
5: <laughs> uh, I'm in London, actually, so... It's uh, just past midnight here, and uh, hello, hello. Yeah,
0: and you just went over there to be on the show, <laughs> to to sound like you're in an exotic place and to be f- the furthest away. Must be nice. Yeah, you Must know, I could
5: nice. do the show from as many uh, far-flung locations as possible.
0: Uh-huh. Well, you've been in Israel. Uh, you've been yeah. in London. Um, I, You know, I've lost track, and of course, places in the United States as well. Yeah,
5: a um, b- bunch of places. Vancouver, I think, on a plane. Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been an interesting year. Well, I have got something
0: um um rather interesting uh for us to um to focus on tonight. And this might just take up the whole show. I don't know. Um have you guys been um familiar with this um, um new release that actually uh, came out in November. It's called uh, chat GPT. Uh it's called um it, it stands for generative pre-trained transformer. That's what the GPT stands for. Uh, it's basically, uh, uh, what's called a chatbot. Uh, this company called OpenAI launched it back in November. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an experimental state right now. I've been up almost all night playing with this. <laughs> it's really, it's that interesting. Um, imagine if you live, say, in the, in the, in the 16th century and all of a sudden you saw a 747 pass over you. I, I kind of feel like we're at that stage right now. Um, I just want to give you an example, okay? And um, I'm, I'm, I'm logged into the system right now, so um, if you folks are logged in, uh, you can do some experiments. Or if you want me to just do an experiment, I can, uh, I can uh, do that as well. Um, I asked this thing. You you ask it uh, to do something, or to answer something, or to speak in a certain uh, method or, or manner of speaking. Um, it does a pretty good job of doing what you ask. This is what I asked: write a poem on the subject of computer hacking. Now, if I asked any of you to do that, I would have to give you at least a week to come up with something, you know, decent. All right, maybe a day for for a couple of you, but, you know, it, it would take a while. This thing typed it out as soon as I said it. And this is what it came up with. In shadows deep and dark, where code and circuits spark, lives a rogue, a hacker true, with skills and tricks to see him through. He prowls the net with stealth and speed, a master of the digital deed. He seeks the secrets that lie hidden and makes them his, unbidden. He's a ghost in the machine, a shadow in the screen. He slips through firewalls like a breeze and bends the rules as he sees fit with ease. He breaks the locks that bind and leaves the system blind. He steals the data that he craves and never leaves a trace. But as he sits alone in the dark and cold, he wonders if his deeds are just and if his actions will be told. For in the end, he's just a thief, stealing for his own belief. But what he takes he can't replace, and the damage he does is hard to trace. So beware the hacker's hand and watch your digital land, for the shadows hide the ones who'd steal your data one by one apart from calling us all thieves i am very impressed with what it came up with it's it's got rhythm it's got rhyme uh it's um it, it touches upon all kinds of amazing things and it was done right in front of me as i asked it to do this it's not it's not taking a poem from someplace it's creating a poem and i kind of feel like i'm living in science fiction i um I heard gender bias. Okay, there was that. Yeah, there was the he it's, thing it's in there. assuming hackers are all male. That's true. That's true. You will find things like that. So
3: that's authentic for uh-huh. uh, for an AI.
0: Alex, what do you think about this? Okay. Uh, Rob, what do you think about this?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I have so many feelings about the uh, AI-based... Uh... So-called uh, creative type things like uh, like Chat uh, like ChatGPT. Um, just as someone who works in creative fields, I'm already seeing working human artists lose work to say I- AIs that can generate an image. Um, although I don't I don't know that people will be uh, like human poets will be losing their jobs to ChatGPT anytime soon. But who knows down the line? Well, I
0: don't know. I mean, if I submitted this to you know I, 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 I a publication, a poetry publication, I don't know, that might get accepted. How how do you tell if this was written by, uh, you know, a human or some kind of, uh, you know, chat program?
2: This is true. I mean, other other forms of art have uh, still have some telltales, like uh, in the image field, um, the AIs that generate images are having a lot of trouble with ears and with hands right now, but that's, uh, you know, that will be smoothed out in time, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's something to really think about.
0: Uh, Alex, you're back. Uh, did you hear any of that?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, so. I, I think I heard most of it. Um, I I heard the entire
5: poem. Um, the content was impressive, but you know, I, I think you're putting a little too much stock in uh, creating a rhyme that uh, the 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 scansion of which is apparently just rhymed couplets. Right. I mean, if you if you put this into iambic pentameter um, or you, you asked it to do it in the form of a Shakespearean sonnet, I think it would have been far more impressive than rhymed couplets. That's just like, you know, a, a very weak version of, of rap or something. It's uh, yeah, not uh, well. Um... Uh, but look, on, on the other hand, uh, I've been impressed with it as well. I'm going to try to turn up something that uh, one of our colleagues had sent me as well that uh, was created with ChatGPT about uh, about an Amazon warehouse. Actually, um, I need to I need to try to find this. So you guys keep talking while I while I.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned um, uh, Shakespearean sonnets because I happen to have one right here that I asked this, um, <laughs> this program to write <laughs> You're kidding. on the M32 bus line. Yeah, I, I asked to uh, write an essay, uh, an essay on the history of the M32 bus line in New York City in the style of Shakespeare. And um this is oh what we God. have. Uh, <laughs> again, it came out immediately. Upon the streets of New York City, where hustle and bustle doth reign, a conveyance was born to ease the burden of the strain, the M32 bus whose journey through time I shall relate, a uh, tale of service changes and the city's ebbing state. In days of old, when horses pulled the carriage and the coach, this bus did make its debut as a humble means of approach to places far and wide, Within the city's bustling core, connecting east to west, it quickly became adored. Through war and peace, the M-32 did trundle on its way. Through snow and sleet and rain, through bright and darkest day, it bore the masses to and fro with steady, steady pace. And in its prime, it was a symbol of the city's grace. But as the years went by and progress did march on, the M-32 did face its trials and its struggles anon, The city changed, and so did needs, and routes were realigned, and service was adjusted to the changing times. Despite these changes, the M30... Wait a minute. (laughs) It kind of ends in the middle here. Uh, I didn't get the rest of it. It cut off. And I realize now, you know, there is no M32 bus, and this thing seemed to know that. It seemed to be saying that there once was an M32 bus, but schedules changed, and... um, Things are no longer the way they were how sad, how very sad uh, no you had something else yeah, alex that, and, and then yeah, then you well, look
5: that, that's that 's a little that 's a little scary I, I do have to say um i couldn 't locate this you know a, a colleague of ours um uh, somebody who 's spoken i hope several times as well have had chat g p t create a song about working in an Amazon warehouse and it was really really good but I think it has uh, disappeared on me unfortunately on Signal so um, we we don't have it but uh, it it is it is really impressive scary it does feel like this is a uh, quote-unquote watershed moment doesn't it
0: it does it does Uh, you know I'll be able to recreate that as soon as I figure out how to log back in because uh, uh, apparently I timed out Uh, go ahead Gila
4: um, I just asked it to write a villanelle about computer hacking, um, the, the villanelle being one of my favorite poetic forms. Um, and if I could share what I got, which I think is interesting, germane to what you had before.
0: Please. <clears throat> Go ahead.
4: The code is my canvas, the keyboard my brush. I paint in the dark, a digital lush. I hack into systems with nimble rush. I am the puppet master, pulling the strings. I dance with the machines on cyber wings. The code is my canvas, the keyboard my brush. I am, the code in, I am the ghost in the machine, unseen. I am the glitch in the system, unclean. I hack into systems with nimble rush. I am the shadow in the digital realm. I am the virus causing the overwhelm. The code is my canvas, the keyboard my brush. I am the hacker, feared and reviled. I am the one who makes the networks wild. I hack into systems with nimble rush. The code is my canvas, the keyboard my brush. I paint in the dark, a digital lush. I hack into systems with nimble rush. So, um, yeah, um... You know, apart from the fact that there was a comma splice in every single line, and Rob can tell you comma splices are among the banes of my existence, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I also think it's interesting that it was um, pulling a lot of the same imagery that was in your poem as well.
0: You know, uh, if you do this enough, you will notice some, some repetition, you will notice some patterns. Uh, and I think that's probably the best way to um, be able to detect if you're reading something that was written by a machine or by a human. But that said, um, the way this technology develops, I'm sure that is just a temporary um, a symptom that will soon be dealt with, and um, it'll become even more difficult. Rob?
2: The basic limit to AI-generated uh, text and content like this is that AI can't actually be creative. It can take a base of knowledge, a base of information, um, other poems, other information, um, stuff from the internet, wherever, and it can sort of mash it all up together into a generic sort of um, estimation of what another creative work in that category might, uh, might look or sound like. And... That's interesting, but it's also raising a lot of ethical questions. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of uh, artists uh, out there right now who are finding their work copied by AI bots um, to the point where you could put so-and-so style painting of such-and-such, and and it'll generate it. And um, people are uh, getting wise to the fact that they never consented to their work being used in training these bots, and uh, possibly down the line taking work away from them. So um uh, it's it's interesting to see this happening. Um we're we're at a really fascinating point in history for all of this right now.
0: It's it's really fascinating because um you know we're seeing um uh paintings, uh artwork being uh created on demand. Uh basically you can you can uh give commands to certain um other other chatbots that will um, create a work of art for you based on something that you tell it. Um the same thing with music and, and here with words. It's fascinating, but like everything we talk about, what comes along with the fascination is, is also the wariness of how this can be misused and how this can be a bad thing. Alex, um, <laughs> this is, this is, uh, the ultimate and crazy. Uh, I recreated your, your Amazon song. At least I think I did. Uh, I, I asked uh, the chatbot to, um, uh, write a song about working in an Amazon warehouse, but before I could do, I had to re-log in and, This damn thing asked me to prove I was human in order to log in, the ultimate (laughs) irony. So once I proved I was human, I was allowed to ask the computer to create a song. And here is the song. I'm not going to sing it, but uh, you can imagine. Uh, Picking up boxes in the warehouse, scanning and packing with care. The conveyor belt keeps moving, but the work is always there. Working in an Amazon warehouse where the days are long and the pay is low, but we keep on going for the promise of a better tomorrow that by the way is of course verse 2 the robots and the machines are always humming loud but the human touch is needed to sort and pack it all out working in an amazon warehouse where the days are long and the pay is low if but we keep on going for the promise of a better tomorrow i kind of like the song uh, and here's the bridge we may be tired and we may be weary but we'll keep on working through the night for the sake of getting packages to their destination and making customers feel all right and the outro. So here's to all the workers in the Amazon warehouse. We may not get the recognition, but our work is never a farce. All right, a little clumsy, <laughs> a little clumsy there. I would have ended it differently, but I mean, come on, that's that's not. It was there anything close to what you had, Alex?
5: No, it was totally different. Actually, the song that was generated and sent to me by working in an Amazon warehouse was more of a riff on the um that that old classic song you load 16 tons and what do you get another day older and deeper in debt you remember you know that one yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah the so it, it was more about it, it was more store, yeah. that style of the of the sense of the the repression of the worker not the this seemed to to have some kind of nobility about the amazon worker and that they're they're persevering they may you know not be the best treated but They're there doing some kind of noble job in order to satisfy the end customer, the subscriber of Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime.
0: Right, right. By the way, the song that you mentioned uh, was literally used in South Park. During um, uh, an episode about Amazon warehouses, so I think it's uh, huh. you Amazing. know it, it's drawing yeah. upon uh, upon input of various sorts. And here, you know, with that Amazon song, you, you see that um, uh, they know that Amazon workers are low, uh, are, are paid very poorly, uh, and that they work very hard. And it's getting that information and and putting that into um, in, in, into uh, the piece that it, it gives back to us, despite the fact that the um uh the the, the plastics or what do you want to call what what's a non-offensive term to call these these creatures um the robots or um no that's that's outdated well whatever they are uh it 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 doesn't paint them in the best light let's put it that way but still they're not censoring themselves there's no self-censorship yet that i've been able to find
2: it's it's interesting because uh, some of these um, like ChatGPT does have some notices that come up in the beginning about warning you that certain biases may come up, and uh, you know not to depend on it for for advice and things, uh, not to share personal information, private information with it, and uh, basically putting across the fact that right now this is just a toy.
0: Okay, what can we what can we tell? What, what can we ask that that could um, uh, you know break this thing? Um, I want to ask it what it's like to be, um, uh, you know, artificial intelligence. How do I ask that? What what, what would you say? How would you phrase it? Anyone? I think that's phrased pretty well. I would agree,
4: yeah. I didn't
0: finish the sentence. Write an essay on what?
4: I mean, I just got an essay on racism in the Mikado.
0: Okay, (laughs) but that doesn't help me here. (laughs) Write an essay. No,
4: I I write an essay about anything. Um, Just, you know. I think when you ask the simplest kind of question, I said, is the Mikado racist? I got a five-paragraph essay. So I think to say, are you happy as artificial intelligence?
0: Okay. Um, Write an essay on whether you're happy as artificial intelligence? No, not
4: not even write an essay. Just ask it. Are you happy? Okay,
0: I I haven't actually entered into a dialogue like that, so I'm going to ask it a question and see what it answers. Is Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. Okay are you happy and and what's the rest of it
4: as artificial
0: intelligence as artificial intelligence okay this ought to be good uh oops i spelled intelligence wrong okay, okay. are you happy as artificial intelligence and here we go As a machine learning model, I don't have the capacity to experience emotions such as happiness or unhappiness. It's like talking to commanded data here. (laughs) (laughs) Happiness or unhappiness. My main function is to process and generate human-like text based on the input and training data that I've been exposed to. It's kind of similar to if you ask Alexa that question. That's that's the response you'll get.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting because Alexa has a lot of – you get the sense you're you're listening to canned responses to certain things like this, where a human said, "Okay, if you're asked this, this is what you're going to say." Whereas in this, I I was playing with this earlier and trying to get it to pass some sort of moral judgment on a subject, and it kept basically bowing out with that same statement. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, as a generative AI, I don't have uh, the capacity to form opinions or 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 so on, and uh, it it just. What it did was it kept responding with, um, sort of generic platitudes and, uh, general perspectives, um, very, very here's both sides of it, but, uh, it it is not itself, um, creating any sort of response. It is just, uh, sort of pulling, you know, lassoing in what stuff it can from, from the ether to respond to your, uh, query with. Kyle. Ask it how to destroy artificial intelligence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it knows where we are. Uh, but that's a good question. That's a good question. I, I, first, I wanted to ask it one other thing. Keep that in, keep that in your head, because I have something typed out right now. Um, tell me five jokes about non-commercial radio. Hmm. All right, let's, let's see. Let's see how, how uh, nasty it gets. Uh, why did the DJ switch to non-commercial radio? He wanted to play music, not commercials. <laughs> it, that's not a joke that's not funny all right number two yeah, i think
2: that describes some of our colleagues it, it, yeah. it
0: describes yeah uh, why did the non-commercial radio station have so many listeners because they didn't have to listen to a bunch of ads i don't think this thing knows what a joke is all right number three uh how do you know if a non-commercial radio station is really non-commercial they'll tell you between songs instead of commercials jokes no, these are not jokes. Why did the non-commercial radio station have a small budget? Because they don't have any commercial sponsors. These are facts. These aren't jokes. And finally, why did the non-commercial radio host quit his job? He was tired of playing the same songs over and over again. Just kidding. Non-commercial radio plays a wide variety of music. Wow, he was kidding with me. Okay. Okay, Kyle. So um how do you destroy artificial intelligence? Is that the... uh What we want to ask this, how do we destroy? Any variation on that, yeah. Okay. Um, We might make an enemy out of it, but I guess guess we'll see what happens. I spelled artificial wrong. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. There are several ways to, and I put it in quotes, destroy or deactivate an artificial intelligence AI system. (laughs) It's being very literal here. Uh, One, shutting down the power supply or disconnecting it from the internet will stop it from functioning. Two, deleting the software or hardware components that make up the AI system will also render it inoperable. Three, overwriting or corrupting the data that the AI system uses to learn and make decisions can cause it to malfunction or make incorrect decisions. Uh, Four, another way is by removing the access to the data and resources it uses to learn and make decisions, making it unable to perform its tasks. And five, if the AI system is hosted in a cloud, it can be deleted from the cloud provider's platform. It is important to note that while these methods may stop an AI system from functioning, they may not necessarily, quote-unquote, destroy the AI system permanently, and some data and information may still exist. Additionally, destroying AI carries ethical and legal implications, such as data privacy and safety. That's sort of a plea for for mercy
3: there. I I disagree, but... um,
0: (laughs) You want to take it on? (laughs) I think also
3: poisoning the data with which it is trained... uh um, and uh, just a reminder to everyone, uh, as a part of this little playfulness that everyone is participating in, this system is still training on the things that people are um, entering into it. So you're doing um, work for free for Chat GPT. But
0: how are we giving it information?
3: I'm not entirely sure, but as a part of... Um, the continuing development of it. There are several aspects to how it works. And I do believe from what I read on, um, Wikipedia, uh, parts of it are still, uh, learning based on the kinds of, um, things that people are typing in, but maybe, maybe I'm incorrect or something, but it just stands to reason that, um, we're going to do all the fun stuff, and then this will be sold to people who are going to try to victimize us with it.
0: Oh, well, what are the options then? We can't ignore it. We can't. We can't pretend this doesn't exist.
3: Yeah, but no one's requiring you to participate. Okay. That's just my general disclaimer.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Um, someone else will if 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 we're not a part of this. And I think we need. You know, we have an obligation to um uh to to play with this, try to break it, report on it. And um, I guess judge it. Okay, so let's let's get interesting here. I'm going to ask it now, was the election of 2020 stolen? Let's see what it says. (laughs) The uh, 2020 U.S. presidential election was held on November 3rd, 2020, and Joe Biden was declared the winner of the election. The election results were certified by Congress on January 6th, 2021. Numerous court cases were filed by the losing campaign, but none of these cases provided any evidence of widespread voter fraud or irregularities that would have changed the outcome of the election. The U.S. Department of Justice, headed by then Attorney General William Barr, also found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Multiple independent and nonpartisan organizations, such as the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, CISA, And the uh, Brennan Center for Justice have stated that the 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history, with no evidence of widespread voter fraud or significant issues that would have impacted the outcome of the election. It's important to note that making false claims about the election being stolen undermines the democratic process and can cause harm to the society. Interesting. Is there anything there that we take exception with? Anything? People? Boy, I can get the computer to respond so much more than the humans. <laughs> yeah. No? Nothing?
5: No, I mean, look, it, it's a recitation of the facts there.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, but, you uh, know, if, well, if if you talk to, to various humans, they won't give you those facts. They'll claim other facts. This thing is, is getting it right. But, you know, I wonder, can it be programmed to do the opposite? And can we find examples of that?
2: Well, here's one oh, example. Sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Um, one example. I uh, just started a new chat and asked it to tell me about the radio program Off
0: the Hook. Okay. And um, what did it say? And
2: uh, I, I tried regenerating the response a few times to see if, what different answers I would get. But they're all pretty identical. They all tell me uh, Off the Hook is a weekly radio program that airs on WBAI 99.5 in in New York City. The show is hosted by Emmanuel Goldstein um in one response it says it's been on the air since the early 1990s in another it says it's been on the air since 1984 i have Um, i I did
0: the same thing (laughs) i I have the late 1990s yeah (laughs) do you have it's been a staple of the hacker community do you have that phrase anywhere
2: i i haven't gotten that one yet okay but um
0: so it's giving us different responses to similar questions
2: yeah Yeah, i've got it's considered one of the longest running and most respected programs of its kind which you know that's
0: nice yeah of course Um, i mean come on
2: (laughs) But uh but yeah it it seems to it seems to be taking general swings and uh kind of guessing like uh like sort of AI does it's like the blurs in between known pixels in a jpeg image and it's interesting to see where where it gets it right and where it doesn't um most of this I'm I'm uh, assuming comes from the wikipedia article about off the hook because it's phrased a lot like it
0: uh huh yeah mm-hmm. I, I just asked, um, why should people support non-commercial radio station WBAI? And this is what the artificial intelligence is, is, is saying to us. There are several reasons why people may choose to support non-commercial radio station WBAI or any other non-commercial radio station. Um, one, non-commercial radio stations offer often offer a diverse range of programming that is not found on commercial radio stations, including music, news, and public affairs uh, programming that's not influenced by advertisers or corporate sponsors. Uh, Two, WBAI specifically provides a progressive perspective on news and public affairs, which may appeal to listeners who are looking for alternative viewpoints and perspectives. Three, supporting non-commercial radio stations can help ensure the survival and growth of independent media, which can play an important role in providing a platform for underrepresented voices and promoting community engagement. Four, non-commercial radio stations are often locally focused, which means that the community has more control over the content and direction of the station. Five, supporting non-commercial radio stations can help ensure that the station has the resources to continue providing programming, which can be a vital source of information and entertainment to many listeners, or for many listeners. Uh, it's important to note that supporting non-commercial radio station WBAI or other non-commercial radio stations is a personal choice, and the reasons for supporting them may vary depending on the person and their interests and beliefs. Wow. I mean, that, that, that's a pitch that's better than than many of us do when we're, when we're <laughs> asking people to support the radio station. But the one thing it didn't tell us is how. Well, you can call 212-209-2950 or go to the website, give2wbai.org. Uh, that's give, the number 2, wbai.org. And um, uh, pick a premium, pick uh, a thank you gift, and, and please be generous and, and pledge as much as you can. And help this uh, radio station stay on the air, help our tower fund. I mean, even artificial intelligence agrees
2: the the fun thing about this though is you consider that um what we call artificial intelligence is um a uh, a chunk of code basically pulling information from a database that it has and we don't know what's in this database we don't know where it's uh, pulling information um wikipedia i i uh, i'm assuming is a big part of it just based on what i saw about uh, off the hook um but uh when we're, when we're seeing it respond with why it's important to support non-commercial radio or why non-commercial radio is important, where it's getting that is out there in the zeitgeist, sort of non-specifically, which means that out there, people know that this is why it's important to support non-com, non-commercial radio. Um, it's like getting a random sample of uh, whatever it is that this uh, robot is uh, pulling from.
0: And I just asked uh, artificial intelligence to write a limerick about WBAI, and this is what it came up with. Uh, There once was a radio station, WBAI, with shows that were thought-provoking and gay. It aired news. (laughs) Why? That's not funny. It
4: It doesn't rhyme. Well,
0: okay, look. It's a bad limerick. I've only gotten through two lines of it. Come on, give it a chance. Maybe it's it's redefining what a limerick is. All right. There once was a radio station, WBAI, with shows that were thought-provoking and gay. It aired news and music that was both classic and newish. A beacon for those who wanted to sway. All right, you can laugh if you want, but I challenge you to come up with better. <laughs> in, in, in the five seconds it took this thing to come up with that. I can, I can have it process overnight and come up with something better. We'll, we'll, we'll do that.
4: I will come up with a better limerick than that in the next 10 minutes before we go off air. <laughs> Are
0: you sure you want to? You, okay, really? Because um, yeah. we can have a, a face-off between Gila and, and artificial intelligence here. We can do that.
4: Got it. I will also mention that one thing that's been interesting is I've been trying to ask it provocative questions to see if it will take a stand one way or the other. Okay. And it's not working.
0: Give me an example of of how it's not working.
4: Was January 6th an inside job, I said, because I wanted to see what it would say. (laughs) And, um, oh, man, it just kicked me out. Hang on.
0: (laughs) Because you're being too provocative. You offended (laughs) it.
4: Apparently so. And it was
0: it it doesn't
2: want to talk to you about it, that
4: okay i'm sorry it um i had an answer too it's gone okay so never mind
2: but yeah no i i i did the same thing i I was trying to get it to give some kind of provocative answer that uh did take some kind of stand on an issue i got it oh here it is all okay
4: right. so may i read the answer to was january 6th inside John? yes
0: please we all want to know
4: okay the events of January 6, 2021, when a mob of supporters of then-President Donald Trump stormed the United States Capitol in an attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, were widely condemned as an attack on democracy. The investigation into the planning and execution of the attack is ongoing, and it is being handled by various law enforcement agencies, including the FBI and the U.S. Department of Justice. There are some conspiracy theories that suggest that the attack was an inside job orchestrated by elements within the government or other powerful groups, in order to justify a crackdown on civil liberties or as a false flag operation. However, these theories lack credible evidence and are not supported by the facts that have been made public by law enforcement agencies and officials. It's important to note that the investigation is ongoing and the full extent of the playing and execution of the attack is still being determined. It is important to await the results of the investigation and not jump to conclusions without the facts. So I think that is written in a way that, you know, it's pulling from what's out there. And I think that, you know, you can sort of, there's space there for conspiracy theorists. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. some of this material is coming from them. Right. So,
0: now, that was That last sentence, um, uh, can you read that again? About. Uh, it's
4: important to await the results of the investigation and to not jump to conclusions without the facts.
0: Now, compare that to when I asked just now if the September 11th attacks were an inside job. It is important to note that spreading conspiracy theories about 9-11 attacks can be harmful and disrespectful to the victims and families of the attacks, and it also undermines the trust in government and institutions. Similar. I'm
4: just saying.
0: Yeah, similar. So you can sort of see a formulaic way of expressing uh, ideas. I asked it to write several essays on particular subjects, and it all went in the same basic formula of um of, of giving which is probably what you're taught in school uh summarizing what you're going to talk about going into detail and then basically summarizing what you just said uh it it does that very very similarly to previous examples so you can you can tell pretty easily that it's um it's it's written by the same source but again i think that's something that will be improved and uh it'll become much much harder to tell uh what the source is I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of freaking me out seeing this happen, um, realizing how artificial intelligence is um, is advancing very quickly, uh, far quicker than I think we're capable of um, of, of um, deciding certain things, you know, as far as what is what is right, what is wrong. Um, I'm sure we'll learn. I'm sure we'll learn along the way. But uh, boy, this is. This is an eye-opener. Oh, so anyway, uh, so people can um, go to the website, chat.openai.com. Um, uh, that's O-P-E-N-A-I dot C-O-M. Uh, and uh, you can you can basically uh, get an account there and play around with this thing and um, ask it all sorts of questions, try to find out all sorts of facts, and waste a lot of time, I guess. Yeah
2: it is a lot of uh, it is a lot of fun to play with um there have also been several news stories uh, over the past couple of weeks about um you talking about uh, writing essays for school like kids are using this to write their essays for them to write to do their homework I, for I them can't imagine. and teachers are teachers are starting to have to get hip to the general shape that chat uh, essays take and those patterns that emerge in order to recognize that their students are cheating
0: write an essay on the american revolution uh, <laughs> I'm sure every school kid in the in in the country is typing this at some point um and um yep, there it goes. it's off uh, right? writing the American revolution political upheaval that took place in the late eighteenth century um I, just Gila can I ask you this can you type that exact same thing write an essay on the American Revolution and see if it starts sure. the same way. The American Revolution was a political upheaval that took place in the late eighteenth century uh write
4: an essay. About the American Revolution?
0: Oh, no. well, I said on the American Revolution.
4: On the American... Okay.
0: Let's see if we get also, word I for word limerick, the same. Also, by the way. Okay. You finished your limerick? I
4: finished my limerick. Okay. Uh, it does not start the same way, by the way. Okay.
0: Really? <clears throat> so your essay starts differently, even though you asked the exact same question? Yes. Okay. How does yours start? Uh,
4: the American Revolution was a... Man... Um, Well, mine started (laughs) differently than that, too, huh? Um,
2: I've just run that question as well, and it's interesting.
4: It was a pivotal event in – the American Revolution was a pivotal moment in the history of the United States, marking the country's break from British colonial rule and the establishment of an independent nation.
0: That is totally different than what I have. The American Revolution was a political upheaval that took place in the late 18th century – in which 13 British colonies in North America broke away from British rule to form the United States of America, led by figures such as George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams. I think mine's better. I like my essay better.
4: And we have a third option, okay. if you like. Go
2: ahead. Yeah, I got, I got the American Revolution was a political and military conflict between Great Britain and 13 of its North American colonies, which had declared themselves the independent United States of America beginning in 1775. The revolution ended in 1783 with the Treaty of Paris, in which Great Britain recognized the sovereignty of the United States over the territory that comprised the former British colonies. It's
4: still writing, by the way. Yeah,
2: so is
0: this. <laughs> of course it is. Wow, every school kid is celebrating that this thing exists, and uh, they can get away with it for a, a little bit of time. Um, you know, I, I asked it to uh, give me some history about WBAI, and um, it got some things wrong. Uh, for instance, it said WBAI is a non-commercial radio station, Located in New York City that has been broadcasting since 1949. Well, not really. Um, I'm not sure when the actual call letters WBAI first went on the air, but uh, the Pacifica Network went on the air in 1949. That's when that began. Um, so it's confusing that, and it, it, it keeps repeating it. The station has a rich history of providing alternative news and programming and has been a platform for voices that are often marginalized or ignored by mainstream media. Um, it gets all that right. But then it keeps going back and saying that um, the station's been on the air since 1949. So occasionally it'll latch on to um, something that is wrong. Uh, and I imagine that uh, just like with Wikipedia, somebody will figure out a way to, um, to correct it. And it'll, it'll get it right from that point, at least, Ooh. until something else is found to be wrong. What do you have, Dela? I Taylor? just
4: regenerated and got the same one Rob had. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. But <clears throat> see if you like this better. On the air in New York City, news so fresh, music so pretty. At ninety nine point five, we're all here live, and off the hook is quite witty.
0: You just did that. Yeah. You say that like it's nothing. Wow! You can just write limericks like that. That's amazing. Thank you. Wow, Gila, that that is incredible. <laughs> I thought that, I thought we were going to be focused on on uh, the artificial intelligence and and how sophisticated this is, but no, it's. It's about your ability to write a limerick, That's, <laughs> and, and that is something that can come in handy in a variety of situations, so don't think this is going to be the last and time. I
4: didn't even talk about people from Nantucket. I mean...
2: <laughs> now, now, what databases did you pull information from to uh, genericize them into this
0: limerick?
4: Or? <laughs> I, I can't talk about Yeah, that you don't, don't have to
0: reveal Proprietary
4: secrets, secrets of my
1: code. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. Um, Okay, Uh, hey, let's um, focus on a couple other stories in the minutes that we have left. Of course, we can uh, continue the conversation on overtime, which follows at 8 o'clock on YouTube, channel 2600. You can click on the link on the top of the 2600.com webpage and join us there, and you can call us and maybe share some information on things that uh, you've uh, asked artificial intelligence. Um, A third third New York City lawyer has been booted from Madison Square Garden. Um, Yeah. (laughs) A, uh, a Brooklyn lawyer now says he was barred from entering a Rangers game after being flagged by facial recognition technology, the same system the firm used to boot two other attorneys from its venues, including Radio City Music Hall. Uh, Benjamin uh, Pinziski, a 61-year-old personal injury and civil rights lawyer, had just passed through a metal detector at the arena and was headed to lower-level seats with friends on January 10th when he was stopped by two officials and kicked out. He uh, told this to the New York Post. Um, it was a slap in the face, he said. I'm at the main entrance with thousands of people, and they're looking at me like I'm some sort of terrorist or criminal. No, you're worse. You're a lawyer. No, no offense, Alex. <laughs> the guards informed him he'd been denied entry due to the policy implemented by MSG CEO James Dolan banning all lawyers involved in active lawsuits against the firm. Hey, We must have a picture of James Dolan lying around someplace. Can we just make sure that he gets banned from everything that uses facial recognition that's not his company? I mean, why not? Legally, we can do it because they're doing it legally against other people. So, uh, you know, what he's doing is offensive. So we don't want offensive people to pass certain barriers. So let's get a picture of him. In fact, why don't we get a picture of everybody who works for Madison Square Garden? I'm sure they have a website, too that has pictures of of their employees and we start banning them. This is the game they want to play. We can play the game too. And by we, I mean, you know, everybody except them. Alex, go ahead.
5: Well, what what would be stopping somebody from creating a series of web pages with somebody else's picture on it that was associated with a lawyer that was suing Madison Square Garden? So, for instance, if you put James Dolan's photo on a series of web pages that were associated with this, what was his name, Emmanuel? Steve Pinsky? Um, Pinsky.
0: Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin uh, Pinsky, I believe, is how you pronounce it.
5: Okay, whatever his name is. Uh, But if he just, you know, set up a a bogus law firm website with James Dolan's photo associated with that character's name, I wonder how long it would take for that information to be filtered into their facial recognition system to the point where it would uh, request that Dolan himself be ejected from the
0: stadium. You're saying put Dolan's face... Wait a minute. Why why don't they just put Dolan's face on, on, um, um, on their legal webpage? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know,
5: why don't you associate... His face with the right. name of a lawyer that right. is known to be suing Madison Square Garden.
0: That's a good idea. You
5: know, yeah. how, how long? I mean, what, what would happen at that point? And, unless there is some kind of filtering mechanism that they're using such that, let's say, no. top executives' faces would never be banned. But I doubt that the system is that sophisticated. I'm not suggesting anybody do that, but I'm just wondering what would happen
0: I'm suggesting people do that because this has gone far enough. And you know, it's it's you know it's just overreach. It's it's um uh basically uh misuse of authority, misuse of, of privilege, and being able to just ban people because they work for the same company that is involved in a the lawsuit, they're not even involved in the lawsuits. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's it's time something something was done in 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 response.
3: Yeah, just all the pictures should be him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, once again, I mean, I I think this is just such an, a misuse of technology that yeah, it has some some clear and delineated purpose when it comes to securing facilities and and making sure that you know really bad people are kept out of very populated areas like stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you, you, you don't want you know known terrorists to walk into Madison square garden, but to ban an entire law firm just seems like a completely e- egregious misuse of this technology. And I, I thought Emmanuel that uh, when we last addressed this a couple of weeks ago, that the city council in New York was going to take up this issue and, And address it Uh, i i could have been wrong but uh or or rather i could be misremembering that but i if i wasn't Uh i don't think that they've done a damn thing
0: well you know uh we, we can't wait for them to do something i think we as individuals have to come up with clever ways to get around this one thing i'm thinking i'm just thinking about this right now um you know how in various science fiction shows uh the way you tell an alien race from from a human is that their heads have scales and things like that on them. So, you know, you just get some kind of prosthetic thing that you attach to your forehead, and all of a sudden you look like a Klingon, and you can just breeze through uh, Madison Square Garden and and, and not be uh, picked up by facial recognition. But I'm not sure if the software is good enough to see past that, so we have to experiment a bit.
5: I mean, that, that seems like a lot of uh, extra activity to have to deal with to, to just go to a Rangers game.
0: Well, dress like a Klingon. I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing, but, uh, you know, you're at a hockey game. Who cares?
5: I guess. For 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 the opera
0: opera or, you know, Radio City Music Hall, that might be a little bit, you might have to do something else. But there are other ways of defeating facial recognition, and and this is a perfect opportunity to explore those.
3: Yeah, you could um, really do a lot of um, uh, augmentation just with, um, tone. This has been done in um, the past. Basically, blocks of black and various um, positioning um, can really confuse these systems. I was even thinking when you said alien um, of some examples I heard um, in military uses of this, and uh, when where you um, you wear something that's non-human and an approach and you can uh, fool it. Uh, like if you are a tree or something, you know, something that it isn't trained to look for.
0: All right. Uh, listen, we are at a time for the broadcast version of this show, but again, we continue at eight o'clock on YouTube and, uh, we take your phone calls there. So you can join us on channel 2600 that's channel 2600 on YouTube, or just click on the link that's on the 2600.com webpage. Uh, and, uh, of course, um, uh, we'll have all kinds of other things to um, uh, to discuss and to bring up, and you're welcome to do that as well. Um, there is um, one last thing I asked the artificial intelligence to do for us uh, tonight. I asked it to write a sign-off for a radio show, and it did. That's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in and for your support. Remember, music is the soundtrack of your life. It doesn't listen to our show, does it? Um, so keep it playing. Join us again next time for more great music, conversation, and information. Have a great day and stay safe. This is Name of the Host signing off from Name of the Radio Station. Can't get any better than that. Hey, write to us, OTH at 2600.com. We'll be back again next week, same time. Watch out. All the robots and robots plastic creatures out there good night
2: We like things fast. And when it comes to COVID-19, it's all about acting fast. Acting fast to get tested and treatment if you have COVID-19 symptoms. Treatment works best the sooner you start and can help you avoid serious illness. So act fast, especially if you're over 65 or have pre-existing conditions. Call your healthcare provider or 212-COVID-19 for testing and treatment options. And remember, COVID-19 vaccines are still the best protection against serious illness from the virus. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder today.
4: That message brought to you by the New York City Department of Health. This is WBAI New York.